0: Aloha to the tribe. This is our 90th edition of Coffee with the Coach and a very special edition because we're in beautiful Croke Park in Dublin, Ireland today. And we have the preeminent Irish journalist that follows the National Football League and has a little bit of a football history of his own. Emmett Ryan joins us today. Welcome, Emmet.
1: Jeff, that's quite the introduction. Thanks very much. Although I will say, Sam Monson is Irish and a journalist, so you know, I got to I got to give some props to Sam and PFF, you know.
0: Well, but- you and Sam, let's talk about that because that's a little bit of your football history. You and Sam go back to playing against one another, correct? Uh,
1: together actually, yeah. So this is back like I had just finished my master, so I was you know twenty four, largely stupid like most people are at that age. Like Sam was like still doing his undergrad and we both started playing for like dcu our university dublin city university the saints there and you know given my size i was a natural fit at lineman like what i always say when people ask me i played every position but center because i was never going to be allowed to touch that ball they you know it's like <laughs> he's got the meat but we don't trust his hands That's and that made sense where sam he was a wide receiver when i played with him switched to cornerback and turns out he was a better cornerback than a receiver but like yeah no great memories playing like you know we had three seasons together and just it was a lot of fun because back then the league only had i think eight teams and now it's way in the 20s to see the way the sport has grown here like you know in just 15 years you're talking it's just incredible like
0: one of the things that we do all all the time on this show Emmett is we we go through each guest's personal football journey now how did you get involved in a in a in a on a country in a country where soccer rugby Gaelic football those are the big sports and American football is kind of a niche sport
1: yeah I suppose I was a bit of a nerd in school always anyway which kind of helped like you know so getting into niche stuff was easy but I was absolutely nuts for all sports and like this is back when you know sort of sky was only really coming on on stream as a station like we we're going that back that far 30 years and like not everybody had it and so i was just like wherever i could find sports and tv i was going to get it and like you know channel four back then you know i remember my saturday mornings transworld sport which is like a magazine of all the sports across the world then there'd be nfl blitz with gary imlac who for a lot of people my generation that's the first face they associated you know with the sport like you know we would have been him and then it would have been kevin the rest him obviously mm-hmm. and then it would be neil and yourself like you know in terms of like sort of generations coming through but like gary would have been the one for a lot of us and there was that and there was like then you know the nba in the off season and it was italian soccer and like so a lot of these sports especially when you think it's like you know it's football in italy like you know NFL, the razzmatazz, nba is the hip-hop thing it was really cool. And, like, for a teenage mind, it was a very easy sport to get into. And the other thing was just pure chance. So, Notre Dame games were shown in Ireland. Basically, because they were cheap inventory for NBC, NBC, oddly in Europe, which I know sounds a bit odd, but NBC tried to have a pan-European entertainment station. This is back again the mid-90s. It was called NBC Super Channel. The problem was, all the big NBC shows were sold to other European broadcasters, so it's whatever they hadn't sold went on this station. But every Saturday night, Notre Dame games were on, so I was like, wow, this is great. I don't just get to watch NFL highlights on a Saturday morning, I get to watch a live game like Saturday nights. Now, I didn't have a clue about the difference between college and pros back then, like I was a 14-year-old kid. But then, you know, 1996 turns out Notre Dame are coming to where we are right now like I could see roughly where I was standing on hill 16 you know when Notre Dame played navy on a wet but like not terrible day if you know what I mean like you know we've had way worse days weather-wise in Ireland for sports like you know even for American football we've had like you know worse because I know when Boston College played here a few years back that was I didn't get to go to it because I was traveling but that day was awful you know it's like that was a terrible day for weather but yeah so it just you know kept going getting into it and it was just very easy to follow because even though like as a young guy, you know, understanding the rules, understanding the basics it was very hard when you've got limited access. As the internet came on stream, it was just so easy to keep along. And, like I, I think my fandom really grew out of just wanting to see the Cowboys lose, which is kind of <laughs> funny. But the Cowboys were winning everything at that stage. Like this, is the Aikman emmett Smith team, and it's kind of, and it like, was like that run where the AFC could not win a Super Bowl. So the year of Super Bowl Thirty, when the Steelers were playing the Cowboys, is like, well, I guess Pittsburgh's my team because. I need someone to beat this Dallas Cowboys team, and I need an AFC team to win it all. So it was kind of weird in that respect. Like, had it been two years later, I'd probably be a Broncos fan, which would be much sadder in in (laughs) respects, like, you know?
0: Well, tell me now, how easy was the game? Or I guess maybe, let me reword this. How difficult was the game to access for you as that 14-year-old, 15-year-old, 16-year-old kid that wanted to find a place to play? Oh, it was
1: tough. It was really tough. Like, you know, I knew there was a league in Ireland, but obviously I was too young to even think about playing. But I couldn't have told you where the parks they played in were because again, this is pre-internet being a normal thing age. So my it was a very scheduled life. Like I knew Channel 4 had like these things on we didn't have Sky and Family Home. Like the first thing I did when I moved into my own place was get Sky Sports <laughs> subscription, uh, and you know. But like as I got to college, is when it got easier. Like when I was in when I was in secondary school, not so not so easy. Like high school, as you guys would call it. But like once I had access to the internet it changed everything because i mean even remember the turn of the century nfl website like it was these tiny boxes because of course there's only so much power in you know the broadband or dial-up back then but i'd be watching the highlights like at the weekend so you know i could follow the games through and then you're able to like you know get the radio broadcast it's like okay you can listen to the radio broadcast a bit but it was really when i started playing that i was able to get into you know being a daily as a weekly routine of watching games because we our team got sponsored by a bar and they showed the nfl and so every sunday night we were out watching the nfl and you know then when i you know that was before i moved out when i moved out well i've got sky now so i can watch all i want and it was great, like, and uh, you know, for me, like, because I always wanted to have easy access, and once I had it, it was great. And then, like, you know, I know this is like, you know, you've heard this from probably every uh, non-US based guest you've ever spoken to, but Red Zone was then just another life changer entirely, to be honest. Because, you know, for one, obviously, the nature of the product, like, you know, and Scott's amazing, like, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, the enthusiasm he brings, and it's so genuine, and the nature of it, and it can only really work in very few sports, and fortunately, football is one of them. But also, that's on, you know, one of the more basic packages for Sky as well. So people who haven't gone all the way up to full Sky Sports can still get that taster of it it because it's the Sky Sports mix, uh, which is on the more basic sort of digital package. And so, like, way more people now in Ireland are aware of the NFL than, you know, when I was growing up. Back then, we just knew that Joe Montana was a school guy. That was it. You know what I mean? Like, you know, and uh, it was sort of, we had these sort of, you know, loose ideas, but we didn't really understand it.
0: So when you go to college and you start to play, You say there were eight Collegiate teams playing in uh, Ireland. Well, oh, this that is thing?
1: this is the national league, like so. There was a mixture of college and regular clubs. Oh, it was. I didn't uh, know it was. Uh, yeah, it was no, both so independent is, clubs
0: and, and yeah, college. Clubs.
1: It's like they're, they're, they had a, actually we didn't play a college's championship while I was playing, but there was one briefly. But back then it was like only four teams, so you know, it's sort of it's easier for us to have the one blended league. Like we're getting to a stage where it will be plausible to have a collegiate league for sure. Oddly, it's access to pitches is the problem because typically the league here is in the off season for rugby mm-hmm. because it's a natural pitch sharing for most teams as rugby and 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 football because very similar length and the posts are almost exactly where you need them to be uh you know for for an end zone like so it's like it's very convenient uh pitch sharing so it, it'd be doable but like yeah we were talking like you know across the island so we had a couple of teams in the north we had like you know two teams in in the south and the rest are all in the dublin area like now and especially because they brought in divisions to help teams develop like you know it's been great to see sort of the growth because you know there's not really any area in Ireland where you can not find a place to play if you want to play. And we've got teams who are going, doing youth kitted. Like flag has taken off like mad. Like the you because know, I used to think of just how small it was when I played where we had an eight team league and which occasionally like, you know, would look like it was going to go down to seven some years. Like, you know, like I was at sort of the tail end of the tough times for the sport in here is what I'd call it. Like, you because mm-hmm. there was a period in the nineties where it was very, very small league. I think it went down to like, you know, a handful literally after the big hype in the eighties when it first came along. And we've just been growing, growing ever since. And a lot of that, again, is because more people can watch more of this sport. Like, you know, like I haven't even spoken about how I spend most of my Saturday evenings watching college football. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like.
0: How, well, how big, you know, like when when you guys were involved as, as players. And it must have been a really tight group, tight-knit group of like-minded guys oh, yeah. across the country that Totally. Do you still stay in contact with those guys? A, in- a,
1: a few of them like you know it's like you get older and people have kids it like, gets harder to stay in with people like but yeah no it's like it's still talk to quite a lot of them and like you know If I was, you know, the the fun part for me is I might tweet about a game and a guy I haven't spoken to, but who I played with, you know, in years will like suddenly reply and it's like, oh, you know, there's Connor, like, you know, or there's Morris. And it's kind of going, and I haven't spoken to Connor or Morris in forever. But like, you know, and that's kind of the cool part is like you have that bond that lasts, like, you know, from playing because you know that you you know what you put yourself through because the Irish season is like eight games regular season and playoffs, which it sounds very short, but you know, because you've coached in like, you know, a lot of levels. There's a lot of months of practice to go into being able to play that first of those eight games in a season. Yeah. So like you're basically like your off season if you're lucky is two months uh you know again we're all like amateur but like you know you're out training and you know full kitted the whole time and like you know it's hard in the body and explaining to like you know you know, you know wives girlfriends even parents if you're younger <laughs> that like listen there's a reason i look like death today or my back is not going to be great you know and uh, like well my favorite was actually my last after my last ever game so just to be clear in advance i did not have a concussion but this is going to sound like a concussion story. <laughs> uh, so, We we had a road game in Cork in the playoffs. We got destroyed because our running back had gone off on a a, a student exchange to the U.S. And the guy we put in in his place, who ridiculously fast guy, had managed to get food poisoning. So we had to go pass entirely for the game. And as soon as Cork figured that out, like we hadn't got a hope in this game. Uh, And so... Great game, three hours in really sweltering heat. And so, me and the D lineman are just like, you know, opposite me are just like bashing, bashing, bashing. And like, you know, go for a couple of beers afterwards, drive back. And I was working freelance at the time on my journalist, my day job, but I was freelance at the time and, you know, still got a pretty bad headache about like, you know, lunchtime. And I'm chatting to one of the guys online. because goes, should probably go to the doctor just to be safe. It's like, you know, it's probably heat exhaustion, but you know, don't be an idiot. Like, you know, yeah, that's fine. So, I go down to my doctor. And the uh, thing is, he—the guy who I normally see—isn't in, so it's his business partner, and it's very, very thin walls. So the receptionist, who's used to me, can hear everything. And she's going, "So what happened? Well, me and this fella, we were playing American football, and you know, we just bashed into <laughs> each other for three hours straight, basically. And she's going, "And did you have something against each other? Oh no, like we're good mates. Uh, we Went for pints afterwards." So this is normal. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We just kept whacking, whacking, <laughs> whacking, and like I could hear the receptionist falling apart behind as this doctor's horrified by what playing this sport involves. Yeah. You know, it's kind of going. Well, it's basically you know similar impacts to rugby if you think about it. Like just you know, there's more stopping, and so and uh, but yeah, she was absolutely horrified at what the sport was, and I was kind of going, yeah, yeah, that's type of the thing. I'm glad. Like my parents only saw me play once or twice. Like you know, like they're still with me, thank goodness. But like it was actually more their schedule. The weekend was crazy with the other sports they were involved with, but. Um, I was lucky in that, one, the games they saw, we won. And two, I only got mildly injured in one of them. And, you know, so I was able to, you know, shake it off so the mom didn't realize that it actually was like a torn ankle ligament. Uh, But, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah, granted, it's fine, man. I'll walk it off. I'll walk it off. I'll walk it off, yeah.
0: Let me ask you about the bond that you have with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Does it still exist like it was once upon a time?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, like, you know, like, obviously... For, for a few years it was it was tough like I said you know to actually follow but once I was able to actually follow it was so much easier like and I remember that first season where I was able to watch games week in week out was that great season where one of the weirdest in terms of entertainment value Bowls of all time the 2110 over the Seahawks that was the one where I could really watch week to week and I had a flu at one point during the season so I had to miss training and couldn't go to the bar but you know got the the radio deal over the internet and I had just got enough internet in my house to like listen to the radio broadcasts Like, like Randall L like, you know, I remember actually with him because I thought he is ideal for the job he has and once DC signed him, it's like they don't get that they're trying to make him a WR1 when he's really sort of a multi purpose dude, Mm -hmm. you know, and I was kind of going, yeah, he'd have had more fun with, you know, Steelers, like, you know, obviously got more money going to Washington, but uh, yeah, no, that was just a great season to watch. What
0: was the, what was the defining play of that Super Bowl that you remember? You see,
1: because everybody goes with the with the the trick play, uh, obviously, you know what I mean? But honestly, for me, it was more because that that, 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 that to me was the one that made the game for sure. But honestly, it was the Willie Parker run at the start of the second half because it felt very sort of, you know, sluggish, turgid first half. Pittsburgh had a lead, but didn't feel like they were doing a lot with it. And then like Willie Parker busting out a 75 yarder and it felt comp- like I mean, it might have been the first play of the half. If not, it was definitely the first to like, you know, set of downs and mm-hmm. it was like, oh, no one saw that coming. Like, you know, and like he didn't actually do that much else in the ground all day as well. Because I think, you know, n- neither him nor Sean Alexander hit the hundred yards, but Alexander still ended up with more yards than him. And it was kind of going, okay, now I feel Pittsburgh can win this game, like, you know, and I remember actually, because toilet break, between, you know, between third and fourth quarter or possibly a bit earlier, um, my coach at the time, Phil DeMonte, goes like, you know, it's like, oh, you guys are going to lose, Se- Seahawks are back in it, you're done, like, you know, because it gotten back to 14-10 at that stage. And it's like, okay, Phil, thanks, massive Giants fan. <laughs> uh, and it's like, you know, it's like, kind of going, this is what I need to hear, telling me that the team I root for is going to lose. Then, of course, you know, a few minutes after we come back out, boom, like, you know, Randall L to Heinz Ward, like, and. Yeah, that was just incredible. I will say, for the for, for the neutral, that was probably the lesser of the three Steelers Super Bowls I've seen, like you know, on on TV. Like the, the Cardinals won for me, which they won comfortably the best. But like that Green Bay one that they lost is wildly mm. underrated as a game as well. Like, that was a great game. That was a great game, yeah. But we had this ridiculous run though. Like after that year where Pittsburgh and Seattle played, I think there was like about 10 Super Bowls in a row where you couldn't argue that they weren't great. Like, you know, we had to get all the way to essentially, I suppose, the blowout by the Seahawks over the Broncos. Like, you know, before there was one where you couldn't say that had me on the edge of my seat for the whole game. and. Like, you know, for fans of the sport, like especially because that's the biggest game of the year in so many sports, the championship game is a letdown. Mm-hmm. And we had like a decade plus of, you know, you knew almost going in that this game was going to be great. And that, you know, it's so rare for a sport to have that. Like. Yeah,
0: you know what the the, the play that the, and because the, I think it probably emotionally uh, to see Jerome Bettis, who's a Detroit kid, you know, win a Super Bowl in oh, his yeah. hometown. That one too, that to me was so, such and a even, defining even the moment. line
1: Heinz Ward did get in the MVP. Like, yeah. you know, the classic, I'm going to Disneyland and I'm taking the bus. Like it's <laughs> kind of going, oh, Heinz <laughs> Ward, thank you, man. Like, I think like, I remember like Nick Baker, he was doing some stuff for NFL Network that season. He defined uh, Jerome Bettis as a heart with legs, which I thought was a perfect description of him. I'll
0: like. uh, tell you what, you know, it, you've been around the Steelers. You, you obviously, the Steelers have been here in, in Croke Park. And, you know, Mr. Rooney was, uh, you know, an emissary here to the Irish uh, government. How, what is it about that organization that makes it so unique in all of sport?
1: I think it's the commitment to stability. Because you think of the amount of coaching changes there are across most teams in the NFL and like even the Patriots, Pete Belichick, you couldn't really say they were, you know, the the most sort of, you know, for sticking with a coach and all that. Like, you know, in the time I've been alive, I'm 40 years old. The Steelers have only had three coaches and they've only made two coaching changes. Like that is insane to say out loud. Yeah. Like, you know, and uh, it's like you know tomlin doesn't look like he's going anywhere for the very foreseeable future like you know he took a team i thought was going to be not a hope of getting to the playoffs into the playoffs like i thought there'd be a lot i thought that's offensive line i was amazed ben roethlisberger survived the season to be honest because i thought to me was porous was a nice word like you know mm-hmm. and you know ben is, ben wasn't most mobile in his last season we all know that so i figured there's no way to get into the playoffs still found a way to get there and you're kind of going that's tomlin like you know there's no situation he doesn't feel as winnable and you know say McCower, like they aren't necessarily the most expressive coaches, but they are, you know, studious and also they know that they don't have to worry about the hot seat every year. And like obviously with sometimes it's going to be a case like, you know, but like when you can do that as an organization where you kind of go, if we're going to hire someone, we want to know that we feel comfortable seeing them in a decade's time. Yeah. And it's so rare in sports. That's
0: that's really rare in, in big time sports. And I think that that's a credit to the Rooney family. Uh, now, when Young kids today in Ireland, if you took a poll of, and, you, and obviously you got your pulse on this as a journalist, who are the who are the superstars that they see today that that make them want to be like you wanted to be a Steeler fan? Where, where does that fall now in the continuum today? I think for a lot of kids, it's got to be uh, you know Pat Mahomes because. The way he plays is so
1: you know it's breaking Madden as you know how you could call it like because he makes throws which Madden wouldn't allow you to do you know <laughs> and like you know like you know it's like I think you can make an argument over who the better quarterback is all time you know amongst various guys but when it comes to pure excitement it's very hard to look beyond my homes like so he jumps out to me straight away like Jamar Chase obviously you know very exciting I think. Amongst the younger, you know, guys who want to do the skill positions, much as like Joe Burrow, he's a self-awareness to his coolness, which I think makes it like he's very happy to mock himself. So for guys my age, who are like you know nearly twice Joe Burrow's age, he's great to enjoy from that. But I think you know you need to be that little old to appreciate just how cool Joe Burrow is because he knows how to mock himself. Whereas Jamar Chase, he's just like effortlessly cool. And yeah. you know, I think for a lot of young guys, that's gonna go great as well. Like, you know, even like, you know, when I was sort of that age, like Troy Palomalo because just, you know, he was just like, you know, ball of energy with hair, which moved with this ball of energy. So that would have been one to jump out to me, like, you know, when I was, and I've never, you know, even thought about playing D-back at all. Like, you know, if I was, I'd have always, you know, been thinking offensive side of the ball, even when it comes to sort of, you know, the positions I wouldn't have played. And it's like, just seeing the way Palomalo when I was a guy, was sort of one for me, like, you know, when I was playing, it's kind of going, that's the approach I want to take. Like, just where you come across, you're super focused, but you look chaotic. And, you know, I think that's you know, what Pat Mahomes has going for him. He looks chaotic, but like, you know, everything is focused,
0: everything is organized. And when you're a young person, that's just
1: amazing to watch.
0: All right, let's 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 say uh, you and I could jump on a plane tomorrow. We're gonna fly to New York City, go to 220 Park Avenue. We're gonna go up to about the 34th floor where all the decisions are made in the National Football League. And we're gonna talk about the future of the NFL and the future of football in Ireland. What would you wanna say to the, to the decision makers on Park Avenue. Oh, uh, I suppose the big thing is
1: they're doing a lot of great stuff with the social so far, but I think it's more suited to me than to the fan who is coming in. Like you know, so I know that Sunday Night Game I can't stay up because of my job. So I know there's the 14 minutes highlights are going to be there when I get up Monday morning. Brilliant. I think finding more ways to engage with that young fan is coming in, like or the, or even the person my age who's not got into it before because a lot of people get into the NFL at adult life especially when they have kids, because it's Sunday tea time for us, like, you know, because you work Sky like with that. And it's a very easy sport to watch as a parent with kids on a Sunday evening. You've put them to bed. You're trying to not think about work. And it's, you know, very, very engaging, whether you're going at Red Zone or whether you're going with a single game on Sky. It's a very easy thing to wind down with. So think about that user, because there's no shortage of stuff for me, like, you know, because there's so much, you know, the stuff that's made in America for Americans, so to speak, I know I can access that all the time and, you know, the internet's great for that. But I'm thinking that younger user, because like, you know, we're starting to see obviously, you know, players come through from Europe, getting into the NFL, like, you know, if we want to see an Irish person get in and obviously punters is, you know, an area we got a lot of promise in. We had like two Irish punters played against other in an ACC mm-hmm. game this year. That was incredible. And that's an area to kind of look at, like, because make them believe this can be part of their story. And, you know, so look at sort of, you know, how you can take that young Irish person in. So. Like you know, the classic one is sort of you know, hey, you go to Gaelic football, kicking the ball. You know, this is a kicking the ball job here, so that's who I'd be trying to talk to.
0: Now, um, you have that green, as you say over here, sweater on today, and that is in uh, that is because the Irish rugby national team is playing Wales today. Is that correct?
1: That's right. Yeah, I'm heading to this afterwards. We're giving away. It's a pre-record, Jeff. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> heading, to, heading to the game after this and. Uh, You know, it's like, it should be fun, like it's in Aviva, which is obviously where we typically would have the college games that come here now, like Northwestern are going to play Nebraska there in the uh, in the autumn. Uh, And the following year, it'll be like Navy and Notre Dame, which is looking forward to like, I've been very lucky with my job. I've been very lucky when it comes to sports in my life. I I managed to go to Navy Air Force a couple of years ago, a few months before the pandemic. I was at Northwestern Iowa this year in Northwestern and been able to see so many games like even during that little window we had you know between sort of you know sort of being allowed back into america and sort of you know things getting locked down again in december I managed to get in like a, a Giants game where they lost to the Rams, a Bears game where I got soaked, <laughs> where they got destroyed by the cards. And I got in even a couple of like, you know, college games. I saw Columbia play a game. I saw Fordham play a game because my whole thing was like, just, you know, I've got a chance, I've got a window, do it. But like, I've been lucky in my life and able to go to all these sort of different stadiums around the world. Like,
0: well, we got to get you in Montreal and, and see an Alouette game. But, but I want a prediction. This is a way too early prediction. Oh, right? oh. I'm going to ask you for two predictions. Number one, I want you to pick the college football game that's gonna be played here between Nebraska and Northwestern. And the rumors I hear is that the coach at Northwestern might have some, Irish background some Irish heritage is that true uh, that's
1: true yeah 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 the the, the coach uh, 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 uh coach Pat like I think it's grandparents are great grandparents are Irish but like very very strong ties like and of course also like the Ryan family who are big backers in Northwestern are also like very Irish as well like you know in their background so we got that and like so it have be... got to make them at least a three-point favorite doesn't it it should like <laughs> but they've lost one of their best uh, defensive players to Notre Dame which as a Notre Dame fan I'm delighted with but I'm kind of going oh that doesn't help but Their offense really just doesn't seem to have anything going. Like, I think they're, you know, in the year two of the rebuild, because obviously they had a great season, season before last, and they not this year. And it's like Nebraska, obviously Nebraska's ability to cause pain for themselves is extraordinary. But I just feel that it can be close, but I'd be a little worried for Northwestern that it could end up being a big
0: North Nebraska win. Okay, now let's talk about the one that everybody's talking about this week. I need your take, all right? as the preeminent NFL expert in Ireland. I want to I want to hear your take on the Super Bowl coming up this weekend. I love how unpredictable it is, uh, genuinely, because
1: you've got Joe Burrow who's been able to survive behind again not the greatest offensive line. Like like PFF I think have like six offensive linemen ranked in the first round for this year Cincinnati draft a lineman for goodness sake protect your asset uh and uh, but you know despite that he's still been able to get so much done because of course he got past some great sides you got jamar there as well and i got you know joe mixon who's been able to get some serious yards again despite not the best holes were opening up but then you look at the rams and obviously i think the jamar chase versus jalen ramsey battle is going to be fascinating uh, on sunday like i think you know you know it was going to be one of those ones where it'll get quiet and come back and get quiet and come back it'll like could be sort of going hot and cold as a battle and that'll kind of keep the narrative going throughout the game then you look at like you know the the, the weapons that like you know eh, that, that the rams have like i can keep on nearly saying st louis i'm still not used to them being in los angeles uh uh Don't worry i do it with the chargers and the rams all the time but like you know so we, obviously, we you know we know. There's Aaron Donald, who's just extraordinary. There's Von Miller there. OBJ's, you know, uh, re- re- resurrection, so to speak. But oddly, I really, really buy in a Stafford in this situation because it comes back to sort of that, you know, the way they came back from the comeback against the Bucks. Because the one thing Matt Stafford is used to from his time in Detroit
0: is <laughs> being behind. Is
1: being behind, but also having to. <laughs> You're, get right. A, You're right. He's he's used to being in hell. Like it's a comfortable place for him because so many comebacks he led. Like, you know, it's like, it's, I just look at the way sort of Stafford is like, being up big is his least comfortable place. You tell him he's got like 40 seconds to come back and win a game. It's like, oh yeah, grand, that's fine. Been there, seen that. Been there, enough. seen that. So I, 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 he seems like one of the more likable guys as well in the NFL. There seems to be very, you know, little, you know, uh, that I've ever seen to derogatory about him. Seems to really, you know, get on well with teammates. Generally seem to like him as well. And given he had such a time, like so many players who've been good for Detroit have had to suffer through so much, like go all the way back to Barry Sanders, we got a Megatron, and like, you know, Matt Stafford, like we said, like never only played a couple of playoff games with them, never won one. It'd be nice to see him win it because I think this Bengals team is going to be around a while. The Rams window is very narrow. Now, the Bengals, you're only around a while if you get some (laughs) linemen. But, like, you know, the Rams window is a bit tighter. And I'd I'd love to see Stafford, like, you know, have a big moment. So I'm going to go with the Rams to win.
0: I appreciate it. All right, you heard it here first. My man Emmett Ryan predicting a Rams Super Bowl win. Be right back with a couple other Irish stalwarts in this show. Hey, welcome back to episode 90 of Coffee with the Coach here at beautiful Croke Park in Dublin, Ireland. Yes, the Emerald Isle. And I have four, uh, three, excuse me, three. I guess I can include myself. <laughs> three of the Emerald Isle stalwarts in football are going to be here. We're going to have a little discussion around the table about the two teams that are going to play in this weekend, Super Bowl. Um, and I want to, I'll throw the question out there and just, we can bat it around. Calm, we'll start with you. As you look at these two football teams, what I want you to pick one advantage that you feel that the Bengals have and one advantage that you feel like the Rams have going into this game.
2: Um well, I know Dan Orlovsky won't agree, but to me Joe Burrow is the advantage. I Stafford is a is a very good quarterback, but Joe Burrow I think in his two years well one and one and a bit year in the league has shown his ability to deal with pressure and i think that's what to me elevates his game to another level uh he like when the going gets tough he becomes even better you saw it in college and you're seeing it now in the league and i think that to me is an area where the, the Bengals have an advantage and if you want to have an advantage on the football field having it at a quarterback's a pretty nice place to to have it I think the the other and I, I'm probably uh you know picking the the two obvious ones but how can you not when you look at the Rams pass rush when you look at Aaron Donald Von Miller and uh, Leonard Floyd I mean it, it is phenomenal that Vaughn is back to, when you look at the PFF grades, Vaughn is back to almost 2015 levels. So the and the 49ers came up with a pretty good scheme to you know keep Donald. And Aaron Donald, you could make an argument that he's not just the best defensive player, but he's the best player in the league. 49ers keep him quiet, but then Von Miller come, comes through. So for the the Bengals, and I I would have to say I thought they did a nice job having given up nine sacks to the Titans to clean that up against Kansas City. Burrow took one sack, um, you know Frank Clark uh, came out and admitted he may as well essentially not have been on on the field, um, but and he he Burrow escaped Chris Jones. So and Brendan Daly is a heck of a good coach at uh, uh, the Chiefs, and yet they were able to keep it out. I think it's going to be really interesting to see what the Bengals do because Burrow cannot hold that ball because you can't keep those three guys. So that to me, the Rams have an obvious advantage. How do the the Bengals, uh, you know, scheme for that. Uh, but also Burrow, this is the biggest stage. He has been on big stages and he's dealt with it. He's on the biggest stage now. How will he react? Emmett?
1: I think it's for Bengals. It's the calm. Like we've seen them get into some bad holes like last week, you know, against the chiefs, like, you know, that looked pretty grim for a while, but they can keep the heads up, like, you know, old Bengals teams, even with guys who were fighters, like Andy Dalton, like on a team, like Dalton may not be the greatest quarterback, but his attitude I thought was always 110%. But the Bengals as a whole, the heads would go down. And like, their attitude seems to be, there's no hole we can't dig ourselves out of. So they have that calm around them of, yep, yeah, things might be going right right now, but we'll make a few adjustments we will find. So that mood around them, which obviously a lot of that comes from Burrow. Uh, is going to be huge with the Rams it's the Galacticos basically like they have you know gone out and you know obviously you know they've traded their future for it like you know I think it's about 2050 when they're next to a first round pick uh, but you know they've decided that like you know this is our best chance you know with the core crop we have to win a Super Bowl and if we're gonna do and I think that come down after they made it to the Super Bowl lost in a dreadful game to the to the Pats like they're really sort of have sort of focused on if we're going to do it, we have to leave nothing, leave no doubt. So they've gone after every player they could get. Like, you know, you bring in Von Miller in season, you bring in OBJ in season, you've already got Aaron Donald. And it's like, this is a team which has just got so many options in so many places. And I haven't even mentioned Jalen Ramsey as the gas part after all that. Like, you know, like it's Jalen freaking Ramsey. Like, he's amazing. So, yeah, like, it's just the depth. Like, you know, they have so many ways you can hurt you on both sides of the ball.
3: That to me is their big advantage. Michael? Jeffrey, thank you very much. Good to have you. Coffee with Coach as well. Coffee and coffee. But in in all seriousness, you mentioned Jalen Ramsey there, Emmett. I made an intro for for my other show uh, just just last weekend and I forgot to put Jalen Ramsey in. There's 15 players and and I forgot to put Jalen Ramsey in. I think that shows you the strength of this Rams team. For me, and you have mentioned there about Van Jefferson, this situation with the Rams, at one point this season, Robert Woods goes down. They fight back from that and bring in OBJ and then have that Van Jefferson connection. I like... The way that this Rams offense can go. Like, of course, the of course the defense. And a lot of people think this defense is going to dominate the game next week. And I don't want to get into picks, but I really like the way that McVeigh has developed from a couple of years ago, whenever he got shut out almost against against the Patriots. Um, but I, I just think there's so many weapons on, on, on the offense. That being said, for the Bengals, uh, experience now, Joe Burrow's in the second season, and you would argue that from going to the number one seed in Tennessee, taking knocking them out, and then being quite frankly. Dead and buried at one point in Arrowhead. They only had scored three points. They came back to get 10 points at the half. In my, I, I tweeted ball game and I picked the Bengals to win. His experience to lead that team, there was a crucial third down. I don't think he's in any way concerned about this game. I think Matthew Stafford is the one at his age has, has everyone to lose because Joe Burrow can go in and ice in his veins. The kicker, Evan McPearson's money as well. Boys, we haven't talked about Shooter. Shooter McGalvin, um, how to do it, sorry, but um, this is why it's such an intriguing game because there's so many elements of, could it maybe be a, a game dominated by the defense, Jeff, or will that offense for both teams just explode we can get like maybe like that Eagles-Patriots game, 40-30 something, it's going to be good.
0: I think it's going to be a great game and, and you know, uh, you guys all hit on, I think, really, really important topics and, and guys that are going to play key roles in this thing. But every year, there seems to be in the Super Bowl somebody who rises up and makes a play. And, Emma, you were talking about your Steelers. And, you know, a a wide receiver throws another wide receiver, a touchdown pass. And, you know, um, we had Timmy Smith run crazy one year. And who do you think might be the X factor in this game? Somebody that... Maybe he's not one of the featured players that will have the kind of day that will separate them and make them instant heroes.
1: Ooh, gosh, that's really good because <laughs> I, I really haven't looked beyond the, the core players. Although oddly, what's coming to mind is more one of those guys does a role that they you know wouldn't typically be associated with. So, like neither Burrow nor Stafford are noted as runners, but they're not like you know terribly immobile. And I think one of them might start to find a way to use their feet at times where it's going to matter. Like, Stafford, like they're both courageous as heck. Like, Stafford's probably going to have more chances purely because of the pressure coming on Burrow. And, like, you know, I could well see Stafford decide he's going to go, you know, Elway uh, when, you know, Broncos win it. Run in. And helicopter like, shot? Helico- helico- <laughs> I, if anyone has a, a, l- enough disregard for their own personal safety in this game, it's definitely Matt Stafford. I could totally see him try and go helicopter shot, absolutely. like.
0: All right, now, if you don't know what we're referring to, and, you, and a lot of you younger fans may not know, Go on YouTube, and it's John Elway. And what Super Bowl was it on the goal line?
2: It was 97. It was against the Packers, where the Broncos were, at, They like the Packers were out-and-out out favorites. The, the AFC hadn't won a, uh, a Super Bowl in years. Um, and John Elway, 37-year-old John Elway, Absolutely. That was the moment as a Broncos fan, Jeff. I knew we were going to win it because I knew if the, on third down, he had to get those yards. And you look, you see him look, he scans the field. He realizes it's not there. And he runs and he gets annihilated. He spins. You did the mo- the movement, um, but he gets
0: the, he gets the and first I feel down. His face
1: looked like 47 as he realized what was <laughs> happening to him. Like, <laughs> his body know.
0: felt like it. But that was the, that was the this one's for John Super Bowl, was it not? Yes, oh, it yeah. was. Yeah. Pat Boland, yeah. And then they rolled the box as well. Yeah. Well, now, tell me, who, who do you think is going to be your X-Factor guy?
3: Look, obviously, with what I'm wearing here, I could probably go and say Von Miller, but I'm not going to. I think you made a really good point on the Irish show earlier on about the tight end situation. We have Phillip's son. Wes is a tight end coach for the Rams. And I have to Google this guy's name because is, is Tyler Higby doubtful at the minute to play? The yeah, next of mm-hmm. he's
0: got MCL, probably won't play.
3: Johnny Muntz, Bryson Hopkins are the second and first string tight ends. Could they maybe bring themselves in? Because I think the Bengals are going to focus on... Bon Jefferson on Cooper Cup. They might triple team Cooper Cup at some point, so maybe you could find that.
1: And also this is the first time we've mentioned Cup on the show. That's how, yes. again, how many <laughs> players they have. And, and I'm,
0: I'm, I'm, I want to, I want to, I want to hold on that because that's the next thing I'm going to talk about. But so you're saying it's one of the young tight ends?
3: It could be one of the tight ends, uh, one of the young ones. I just I find it hard to not see how a big time player for either team gets gets the MVP. I think if the Rams win. I think it's going to be because of the defense. No, I'm
0: not saying it's I'm not saying the guy's going to win the MVP. I'm just saying that all oh, like b- every Super Bowl there's somebody mm-hmm. that steps up and mm-hmm. makes a play. Thomas Morestead with the onside kick, you know, when the Saints won the thing. Who do you think? Who's your um, X factor?
2: I'm going to say Trey Hendrickson because I think if the Bengals are going to win this, it's going to have to be getting forcing pressure on Stafford so that he makes a mistake. And I think Hendrickson has shown this year there was question marks when he signed, right? Uh, he was coming off a career year. It was, was he benefiting from Cam Jordan with the, the Saints? Is he, our team's so focused on Cam Jordan that they're allowing him run free. But he's come to the Bengals and he's been the guy and he's stepped up. He's had, after a career year last year, he's had an even better year. And to me, that if you can get to to Stafford, if you can create pressure, we know that as good as he is and he can make the throws, he, you can get at him and he can under pressure throw pick sixes. So to me, Trey Hendrickson is a player who could have a big, big factor in this game. All right
0: Now, we got to Cooper Cup a little early in, in my questioning, but I, I, it's a topic that I want to talk about. And I, want to, I want to talk about it, frame it in a different kind of way. right, Guys, here's a guy who plays at Eastern Washington University. Right in Cheney, Washington, and plays in the Big Sky Conference, which is FCS Football Championship Series, which is the one degree down from the big boys. He goes to the Combine. His combine numbers, I'm gonna give them to you right now. He ran 4'62 as a wide receiver at the Combine, and he vertical jumped 30 inches. Now, for for the fans out there that are, that, that that may be doesn't mean anything to you you're not considered wide receiver draftable speed unless you are four, five, five, or faster. He was four, six, two. That's tight end speed for a wide receiver. And uh, the vertical jump, which is a measure that they do, where you stand, stand on the ground, and it's how far you can jump, and your your vertical jump as a wide receiver should be 36 inches minimum. And here's a guy that... Vertical jumps, 30 inches, right? Nothing in his profile, nothing in his profile said NFL receiver, much less triple crown winning NFL receiver. When you guys think about Cooper Cup, is he the most valuable player in the National Football League?
3: Yes, I have no more. He is. He should win it, Colin. I I, I can't see how he doesn't. Obviously, the, doesn't the MVP come out on the Saturday or the, like the uh, honours columns on Thursday night this week? They should almost wait to Sunday because if he wins it on Sunday, I think he should win MVP. His stats this year have been incredible.
1: Uh, I call you on one thing that I always like MVP being based on the regular season, but I'd still give it to him. But like, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't wait till Sunday. But yeah, because if you're going to regular season, to me, it's him or Rodgers. And even then, like even ignoring what happened to the Packers in the playoffs, I felt like what Cup did... again because of so many times you know the Rams just needed something and like you know he was like this reassuring presence who happened to dominate so yeah for me he's the MVP
2: yeah I I mean I wish the MVP wasn't always the QB so I'd love it to to be cup and I think Jeff what cup highlights is you you know the the combine stats and that's one thing but we talked about it earlier with say in in terms of brady the hunger the drive the desire when you make the league to realize that you haven't made it right just because you're drafted or just because you entered the league that that's the first step and you you hear cup talk and you hear how he thinks about the game and that gives you insight so to me i suppose i look at cup and he's it's, he's a very different type of receiver but say take Wes Welker take Julian Edelman guys who you know weren't exactly uh, physical specimens but constantly wanted to learn constantly wanted to evolve constantly wanted to improve their game um, and that I suppose I think it is part of it when you when you make the jump because we've seen guys go in the the first round um, you know be they offensive players defensive players and not not be able to live up to the hype because I think playing in college but then transitioning to the league, physically it's different, you have to want to take the punishment because you get hit in college, you mightn't stop you get hit in the NFL generally, unless you're Debo Samuel you stop, so you have to be willing to take it but you have to be willing to learn, I think Cup is he's brilliant. He, he's so much fun to watch, and the way in which he comes up big time, like he did for them against the Bucks, um, he he's just f- fantastic. He should be the MVP.
0: All right, now, got to get to the one question. It's the final question, and it's the one that, that we should be asking, right? Who's going to win in SoFi come Sunday? Do you want to go first? Yeah. yeah.
3: Stanley Kroenke, Sean McVay, and the Rams. Uh, I think, least i say this at the end of the show, I want to keep it for next week. I think the Rams defense is going to dominate the game. Uh, I would love the Bengals to win. It. I think they've got everything there, but I just think the, I think the Rams are going to take them to town on both sides of the ball. I really hope I'm wrong because it'll be a classic if it is.
0: That is one of the great political statements I've heard since the <laughs> presidential election of last year. Now, you think <laughs> this team's going to win, but you want this team to win.
3: Yeah, it's now, hard. Would it's hard. you
0: please go at least a little bit on an edge Rams, here? Rams, right, Rams. Rams.
2: Uh, C- uh, so a team led by Sean McVay, bringing in uh, a, a quarterback, his quarterback, who he wanted, bringing in OBJ with Cooper Cup, who we talked about should be the MVP, with Aaron Donald, the best player in the league, with bringing in Von Miller, one of the best pass rushers we've seen in playoff football, with Leonard Floyd is going to lose to the Cincinnati Bengals. Oh.
0: Oh. 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 All right. Oh, wow.
1: That, that was some WWE oh, that delivery. Oh, my days.
0: Okay. But you know what? I like it. I like it. All right? And the fact that you didn't say, I really want the Rams to win after you picked Cincinnati, I got okay, it. Okay. All right. All right,
1: Jeff. Okay, Jeffrey. Maybe the real Super Bowl with the friends you made along the way. Yeah. <laughs> it's, been, it's been a long
3: season. Honestly, it's been a long season.
0: <laughs> all right. Emmett, as our. Guest journalists, and um, well, how yeah. do you see it?
1: I, I think the Rams are going to win. Uh, what I'm, I'm very confident they're going to win, but I'm more confident even I think it's going to be a really close game, and it's, I think it's going to be really good. Like, I'm, like you know, if, if it was going on sort of, you know, what, which of those I'm more confident in it's slightly more that it's going to be a great game, but I'm extremely confident. I think the Rams, they've got so much going on, and I think the players they have brought in are ones who aren't going to let the moment get to them, and that'll help a lot. I mean, you've got Von Miller there who's been there, done that, any chance of the defense getting the jitters? I think that's going to
0: change that entirely. Great job, guys! Outstanding, yes, sir! Outstanding. Great to have you with us, and we'll have you with us all through the off season, every week. Coffee with Coach, right here, on Twitter, on YouTube, on Facebook, on podcast, every every conceivable platform. <laughs> we're going to get you. Aloha.